Hello people, welcome to my YouTube channel and Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. I'm super glad that you have tuned in right now and you're watching. If this is your first time watching my video or stumbling on Lightroom's content, I'm super glad that you found your way here. And I want you to quickly subscribe to the Lightroom so you can get notifications every time I put up a new video. And since you're here already, I want you to like this video. I want you to comment. Let me know how this video resonates with you. Let me know things that you like me to talk about here at Lightroom. I'm super, super glad that you are here. And Merry Christmas. So today I will be talking about lessons I learned from Christmas, particularly last year's Christmas. It took me a while to share <laughs> the things that um, I'm about to share. It took me a while to get comfortable sharing things that I'm about to share. So um, grab your cup. I almost said popcorn. <laughs> grab your popcorn and get ready to just enjoy what I'm going to say. Learn your own lessons as well. I believe you'll be able to relate with one or two things that I'm going to share. Starting with last year was a lot for me. I don't really know how to describe it in a sentence or in one word, but I remember that this time last year, I was really sad. I don't know how to explain why I was sad during Christmas last year, but I was so sad. I was not excited about anything. I mean, I was surrounded with the festivity of Christmas. I was surrounded with Christmas trees, Christmas music in every store. Everything that would speak Christmas as we know it was around me. People were on holiday, my siblings were on holiday, I was on holiday. So, but I was just sad, you know, and I couldn't place my finger on why I was that sad. The turnaround for me last year was when I tuned into Vivify's Carol. And till today, it just holds a special place in my heart that that Carol happened, you know. Listening to those songs about Christmas, listening to those songs about what Christmas means really did a number on my heart because I was oddly discouraged. I was oddly unhappy. <laughs> I don't know why exactly. Looking back now, I can pinpoint one or two things that made me sad or that contributed to my mood. Like some things were not just going how I expected them to go. My hormones were all over the place. But still, that was my most significant Christmas. It's ironic to say that, yeah, but it was actually my most significant Christmas because I had to sit down and ask myself, why do I feel this way? What is going on? Why is everyone so pumped about Christmas? I grew up in a Christian home, so I had most of the answers around me, <laughs> thankfully. But I had come to a point where I needed to decide, did I actually believe this? Does this have meaning to me? And I'm going to just share some things that I came out of or I learned in that you know period. So first of all, I learned that as we adults, <laughs> that as we adults, your feelings change. Your feelings change. You change. I mean, you're not the way you were five years ago. You may look the same way you looked five years ago, but 
fundamental things have changed about how you see life, about how you react to situations. So it's understandable that you've changed over time. And that was not something I was prepared for, like the realities of how much I had changed. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I grew up in a very generous home, a super generous home. I was used to living with different people, you know, siblings. Okay, I have just one sibling, <laughs> just one biological brother. But for the longest time, it was normal for me to feel like I had more than one brother. I had sisters, I had brothers, you know, that's how I grew up. So Christmas was always full in my house. There it was no empty Christmas, no empty Christmas at all. Is it that we had invited guests or uninvited guests, um, families, <laughs> family, friends, everyone was around my house on Christmas day. And that meant cooking, a lot of cooking. I'm the firstborn of my parents. So there are some unspoken rules about things that I'm supposed to do in the house. Like it's just uh, expected, right? That if something is going on in the house, I should participate. For instance, if we are hosting people for Christmas, I should participate in cooking the meals. And as of last year, we were used to not having my mom be in the kitchen. I mean, she had paid her dues. So it was usually me and my cousin in the kitchen. So <laughs> there was just a lot of cooking. People coming around the house. We have to make sure there was food, um, food for my siblings, food for my cousins and all of that. And it was beautiful seeing the house full. But I started to realize that I was more introverted than I thought I was. I... Loved people being around, no no uh, mistakes around that. I loved having people in my space. Just the knowledge that these people are here, they love me, I love them. It's beautiful that we are all alive at this time and we are celebrating together. But <laughs> Christmas was not really on my own terms. Like I could not just up and make my decisions about how I wanted to spend Christmas. I had to consider that I had the family, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to consider that. But last year, it, it struck me on a raw nerve because I had just finished school. Yeah, I had just finished school not too long. Um, and when I finished school in 2020, so I had, you know, come towards the end of my service year. My service year ended in, like, NYC, ended in April 2022. I think. Yes. <laughs> so like things in my life were just wrapping up, but I had gotten used to living outside of my parents' house. It was either I was in boarding school, I was in the university, or I was in NYC camp, just something going on. So I'd gotten used to living on my own. So having to celebrate Christmas with so many people, it was different for me this time around. And subconsciously, that added to how I felt. So looking back now, I realized that I did not give myself the grace to understand that I was adulting. I was coming to terms with my feelings, my personality. I like some quiet time <laughs> to myself. And I didn't have any of that during Christmas last year. So realizing that you would change as you age helps your mind a lot. And that's what really helped me. 
um, coming out of that phase that, oh, I'm changing. I'm realizing the things I like and the things I don't like. I started to realize that I would rather outsource bulk cooking than um, spend the whole day cooking and not have the strength to participate in any program. And that's ironic because that's how I felt last year. But this year, I'm hosting a Christmas party in my house. Ironic. <laughs> and I'm, I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I enjoy cooking. I actually do. So I'm, I'm not cooking everything, but, you know, I'm cooking some. <laughs> All right. So just realizing that really, really helped. And you may be in a position where you're not particularly enjoying Christmas. You may want to calm down and ask yourself, why? Why are you not enjoying Christmas? Why do you feel sad? about Christmas? Is there a memory that you're attaching to Christmas as making it like difficult for you? It's something to ask yourself. It's something to think about. And I think it will help you. The second thing I learned and reaffirmed for myself is Christmas is more than Santa Claus. Christmas is a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I know that's a lot of people start asking me questions on, you know, how do you know Jesus was real, so on. I even heard someone before say that Jesus is a fictional character, like the way we would imagine Batman. That's how Jesus was. And it's funny because even people that hated Jesus in history acknowledged that he lived, that he was a man. He lived, he was crucified. And the Christians revered him. So they had nothing to gain by affirming that Jesus lived. But it's just funny now that after 2,000 plus years, people don't seek facts <laughs> and make um, audacious claims like Jesus did not live. Jesus was a fictional character. He was not. It's ironic how we get more comfortable with the idea of a plus-size man chugging himself down a chimney and dropping gifts for us by a Christmas tree. <laughs> you are more comfortable with that, with that idea than the idea that God loves you and he sends his son to die for you. I mean, what do you stand to lose from believing in Jesus? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Last year, during Easter, I made a special episode where I talked about the death, the where I talked about the death of Jesus and proof that he really died and proof that he was really raised from the dead. And I'm going to put a link to that in the description box. I want you to go back and watch it, especially if you have questions. But if this is true that Jesus died and he was raised from the dead, he alone can authoritatively speak about life after death. And if he says that no one can come to the Father except through me. You have to really think about the consequences of what he's saying. There is no consequence for not believing in Santa. There is no consequence for not having a Christmas tree in your house. Well, except maybe your guests would think you are a sad person. <laughs> I don't know. But there's no consequence for not having all these other things or not believing in these things. But if you don't believe in Jesus... There is no way to the Father. 
John 3.16 puts it like this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. So the criteria to having eternal life in Jesus is believing in him. And that's what we celebrate during Christmas, that God loved us. He so loved us. By so loving, it doesn't mean like he so loved us. Of course, he loves us a lot, but like so loves us means like this is the manner in which God loved us. He gave us his son. That's what we celebrate during Christmas, that Jesus came as a man, was born as a human, just like us. He he felt the frailties of being human. He felt the you know, imperfections of being human, the hunger, the thirst, all the things that come with our body. He slept, he wept. He had, you know, moments where he wanted to be alone. This was after the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. He wanted to be alone in that period. And he, he got on a boat and he was going to the other side. And people you know, heard uh, that Jesus was going to the other side and they ran there and they got to the land. When they got there, Jesus had compassion on them and he healed their sick. That's one of my favorite portions of scripture, just seeing how Jesus was human and he understood what he what it meant to be human. He mourned the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, but still when he saw people with needs, he readily met their needs. Last year, Christmas, I had to remind myself what I believe. I had to remind myself why I believe what I believe. Because sometimes life gets at us. Sometimes we get <laughs> carried away with the situations that we are dealing with. And we, we lose sight of the very things that we hold dear, including our faith. So if you're in that position this Christmas, I want you to know that first of all, there's hope. Remind yourself of what Christmas truly is. Surround yourself with Christmas songs. Christmas songs are so beautiful. There is something about a song that stirs up convictions in your heart without you even knowing. You're more impressionable than you think. So listen to Christmas songs. Listen to a Christmas message. Surround yourself with the influence of what you believe and if you're struggling to believe, reach out to someone that you know is not struggling, someone that can help you through. As I said, you have nothing to lose believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he loves you and he died for your sins. But if you don't believe this, you have everything to lose because there is a life after now. And that life and where you would be is determined by what you believe right now. <laughs> yes, so that was one thing I also had to <laughs> that's one thing I also had to remind myself of this last Christmas. Um <sighs> the third thing <laughs> uh, the third thing that I would like to share is you need to guard your heart. It's as simple as that. You, you don't change overnight. Your convictions don't shake overnight. You don't get scared overnight, except it's like a sudden, you know, um, event that happened. 
it takes little, little moments, like little moments of doubt, little moments of watching one video or reading one post or the other that changes your whole ideology about a thing. So you need to learn to guard your heart, especially as a believer. Guard your heart from influences that directly oppose your faith. Now, am I saying that you should not you know, speak to people about your faith if you, you meet somebody that does not believe? You should say, oh, get away from me. No, nothing like that. But you need to learn to understand where you will draw the line. Learn to guard your heart with all diligence, with all diligence. Don't allow anything tamper with it. It's the same way. Think about yourself in relationships. Before I got into a relationship, I had a lot of fears. I was scared of being cheated on. I was scared of a relationship that was not full of love. I was scared of many things. And one day I had to sit down and actually ask myself, why am I scared of these things? Because at that time I had not dated anybody. So I don't know why I was so scared of those things. They had not happened to me directly. So why was I so scared of them? I came to realize a couple of things. One, I knew some people who had experienced that. Um, secondly, um, the normal Nigerian movie narrative that uh, there is a couple and then there is the housemaid and then the housemaid wanting, 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 wanting before you know everything scatter. There are a lot of movies like that. Even in Hollywood, like all the woods, they had that kind of narrative. And subconsciously, it was starting to affect me. I started to see things that way. But I assure you, there are people that will be faithful to you. I had to think about myself that I wouldn't cheat in a relationship, especially by the grace of God. I mean, God helps me. But it's just not something I would do. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a deal breaker for me. Like, I just, but why? <laughs> so I just thought to myself one day, if there are people out there like me who would be faithful, I mean, it's worth believing for. And again, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the influence of God on the heart of a person. Many of the things that I do not do today are because Jesus has a place in my heart. So I would seek a man that has Jesus at the center of his heart. Like these were the thoughts that brought me out of those fears. And when I eventually walked out of those fears, I had to guard my heart. Like it got so bad that um, I would not watch any movie that had a cheating scene. Like, call me whatever. I would just, no matter how interesting that movie was, I would not watch it. And I wouldn't care about it. It was difficult at first because there were a few good movies and, you know, interesting movies that had that narrative, but it was to guard my heart. This was my life I was looking at and I, I, I knew what I wanted. So I started to set guardrails in that regard. In the same way as a Christian, you need to learn to set guardrails in your life. Let's learn to draw boundaries with what, what you believe. Don't just expose yourself to any type of influence. You read anything, you watch anything. And 
it's sadder when you expose yourself more to those things than you expose yourself to the word of God. It's sad when you expose yourself more to conversations of men than you expose yourself to conversations with your God. Why won't your convictions shake? <laughs> so you need to guard your heart. I need you to guard your heart so you don't get to a place where you are sad. You don't get to a place where you don't even know what you believe. You don't understand where you are. It can just be a total mess. Okay, so guard your heart and do it with all the strength you have. Number four thing I would share is that there are consequences for what you believe. And I won't dwell on this <laughs> because I've talked about it um, at length in my second point. But there are consequences for what you believe. So if you believe that Christmas is just another day. <laughs> but if you do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for you, and on the third day he was raised because of love, because of love he has for you, it's a problem. It's a very big problem. And I need you to guard your heart from that. I need you to understand that there are consequences for whatever you believe. Now, if you're struggling to understand the love of Jesus, you're struggling to understand why would God love me? Why would God die for me? Why would God, you know, send his son for me? Let's have a conversation. You know, drop me a message and I will reach out to you. Let's have a conversation. It's it's really important that you know the consequences, the weight of what you believe. It's super important. All right. <laughs> My fifth and final point for you on what I learned from Christmas last year is there are many lessons. <laughs> I know it's funny to say that, but there are so many lessons to glean from Christmas. I mean, the Christmas story, think about Joseph and how he wanted to put Mary away quietly because he had found out that she was pregnant. But then an angel appeared to him and he obeyed the instructions of God through that angel. It's so perfectly timed all the instructions that Joseph obeyed. He took Mary in at the right time and made her his wife. When the angel appeared and told him, flee this land because people are coming to kill this baby, he took the baby away at the right time. When the angel said, return, that the people that want to kill the baby are no more, he returned right on time. It's It was such a beautiful tale of obedience that really struck my heart. So when God asks you to do something, how quick are you to respond? How willing are you to be obedient? Because think about Joseph's pride in that moment. You have waited all your life to be with this woman, and then you find out that she's pregnant and not by you. It can be a tad disappointing. But because God said, he went on with the will of God. And it's it's such a beautiful thing. I believe that God will, God will reward Joseph for his obedience and his faith. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to watch. And it's something to learn, for, learn from. But one particular lesson I want to zoom in before I close out this video is love. 
Jesus came in the first place out of love for mankind. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. He did all this because he loved. And his love was not hidden. When you love someone, you can tell. How did God show his love to us? He gave his son. And scripture then admonishes us that if God did not spare his own son, how will he not freely give us all things? So he gave us his best. So every other thing that we seek for, they really don't measure up to this best that he has given to us. And all this stems from the fact that God loves us. So when you carry out your Christmas activities, remember that God loves you. And as believers, we are not just called to receive the love of God. We are called to reciprocate the love of God to our neighbors, to show God's love to people around us. So this Christmas, I dare you to do something outside of you. I know you've learned to love yourself and you're going to get yourself a gift, which is beautiful. I mean, you need to love yourself because God loves you. It only makes sense. But I want you to dare to look outside of yourself this Christmas. Get someone a gift. If you can, host a Christmas party. If you can do that for people that are less privileged, do that and do that with all the love you can muster. Not like these people are cases because they are human beings. So treat them with love. So I want you to reach outside yourself in this period. Show love to your parents. It may get overwhelming when you spend Christmas with family because your family is made up of different people and they have different personalities. And sometimes we step on each other's toes. But when I think about the gift of having parents, I just think about the fact that by the natural order, we would outlive our parents. And it's not a reality I'm happy about. I mean, it's life, but it's not a reality I am happy about because these parents that you are beefing, these parents that you are avoiding to visit, don't reserve the love you have for them for their final days or their last days on earth. While they are alive, love them with all you have. Love them and just keep loving them and just keep loving them and just keep loving them. You don't want to have regrets. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to have regrets. So let love be your motto this Christmas. Love people and love them sacrificially. Give people gifts. If you have a babe, give your baby gifts. If you don't have a babe, and even if you have a babe gone, give your friends gifts. If you can't afford to buy the gifts you want to buy for your friends, write them letters or do things that they consider as acts of love. So you have some friends that they just consider it a loving thing. If you wrote them a letter, write them letters. Some friends consider quality time as an act of love, spend time with them, quality time with them. Don't use your phone <laughs> when you're with them. Spend time with them. Show people that you love them. And in doing this, you are showing the love of God. This is the end of this episode. I really hope that you have learned a thing or two 
I want you to share the points that resonated with you the most in the comment section. I want you to share this video with your friends, your family, someone that you needs to hear all the things that I have just shared. And I want you to subscribe if you've still not subscribed by this time. I want you to please subscribe to this channel. I want you to like this video and I want you to leave a comment for me as you go. I wish you a very, very happy Christmas and I pray that if you're going through a difficult patch this Christmas, I pray that the strength of the Lord would carry you through this phase and bring you out on the other side. I can say that that happened for me and I'm really grateful to God for it and I believe that for you as well. So Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas.